Welcome to Health Media Now with award-winning author and host, Denise Messenger, for a lifetime of health empowerment. Live by being in the pink, meaning P stands for being persistent, I stands for using your intuition, N stands for networking, and K stands for obtaining knowledge. Our guests entertain and share cutting-edge information. They share with you what may have taken years to achieve through experience in their field. Become inspired and motivated. Reach your full potential with fascinating tips and products. Receive a lifetime of benefits from authors, doctors, practitioners, healthcare providers, and learn about exciting new products. You asked for it, and we deliver. Now, here's your host, Denise Messenger. Hello, listeners. Thank you for joining us today, which is February 7th, 2018. I am so incredibly excited. We have Dr. Kathy Groover back on our show. I think this is her third time on our show. She always has so much to share, and she's such a busy lady into so many different health health um, and medicine issues that it's just it's just wonderful. Uh, for those of you who haven't heard her before, she holds a PhD in natural health, and she's an award-winning author. I think she has well over six books. Not sure how many, but she'll tell us. <laughs> she's also um, been featured as an expert in a lot of different publications, as well as she's had a lot of television appearances. So with that, we're going to be talking about her newest book called The Journey of Healing. Welcome, welcome, welcome to our show, Dr. Kathy Paul. Thanks so much for having me back. I so appreciate it. <laughs> Why don't you tell the listeners how you got on this path? I know we've discussed it before, but we get new people mm-hmm. in all the time. Yeah, absolutely. You know, it was... It was really a journey of just following the breadcrumbs. Um, I never set out to do any of this. I was never interested in health. It wasn't my thing. Um, I was actually going to be an actress. I decided in fifth grade when I stepped on stage for the first time that I would never step off. And I guess to a certain extent I haven't because now I do a lot of motivational speaking. I actually just keynoted a big conference in Los Angeles this morning. Um, So I'm still on stage. I I joke with people like it's a different stage in a different outfit with a different character voice, but I'm still on stage in front of people. I'm just, I'm educating them now. Um, So a couple things led me to here. Uh, I always did have an interest in massage. That was something that followed me from when I was a child. And so I acted very accidentally apprenticed with a massage therapist when I was in college. Turns out I was pretty darn good at it too. You know, the award-winning moving movie uh, career I was going to have, and uh, the movie career never came, but the massage stuck, so that was pretty cool. And um, I lost my mom when I was 18 to cancer, so I watched her go through, you know, the very Western mo- model of medicine, which is chemo, radiation, surgery, and it didn't help. It didn't give her any other options other than you know those three things, and, and they didn't work. So the combination of just always having an interest in looking for options for people. And also, my dad was such an incredible caregiver, so I just sort of followed this seemingly random path, and here I am, and did more and more studying. I've just My seventh book is, is out, so yeah, I've got seven books now, and 200-plus um, public speaking uh, engagements, and lots of radio and TV, and, and I'm just happy to be back to share with your listeners what uh, what I can do to help them. Oh my goodness! Well, let's get into the meat of your of your book, the journey of healing. Obviously, you you've got um, massage and body work in there. Uh-huh. 
Yeah, absolutely. You know, it's, it's, I've told people it's a combination of autobiography and textbook because as I was doing more and more public speaking, I would share stories that were pivotal to some sort of growth in my life, whether it's the one I shared in my TEDx talk where I got stranded on the side of the road in England, and that ended up being both a spiritual quest, not necessarily standing at Stonehenge with my arms up in the air. Um, but, you know, it's those experiences, those things that we think are catastrophe or wrong or a mistake or a failure that tend to lead us to things. So I found that I was sharing a lot of those personal stories leading to the message of what my talk was about. And so many people complimented me more on sharing those personal tales than anything else. And I thought, you know, I need to put those in a book, the next one I write. And a lot of that was inspired by my mom and her journey. So I mentioned her quite a bit throughout the book. And so it's a combination of everything that I've learned along the way. And I've been doing this for 28 years, which doesn't even seem possible. Um, mm. Because I, I think I'm only 30, so I'm not sure how I've been doing this 28 years. But, uh, I, keep, I keep getting older. Can we stop that somehow? Yeah. Um, so it's a combination of you know, everything I've learned over the years, how it works, how it doesn't work, uh, the things I've tried that have not worked, the things I've tried that have worked, how they work, how you can get into them if that's something you want to pursue as a career. And then also these, it's peppered with these personal stories, and some are client stories and some are my stories. And um, I, I had a, a woman tell me the most. It was the perfect compliment. She said it was like sitting down and talking to a trusted girlfriend when she wrote the book. And to me, that's exactly what I wanted. I wanted it to be very conversational and very, hey, here's this thing I did and this is what happened. Uh, and mm-hmm. so I've had some really great feedback from it. So really, really pleased with it. Oh. It's interesting that they actually had massage during the Egyptian times. Yes. Yes, they have traced that back. And it's so funny because I was in Egypt a couple of years ago. I traveled there to actually spoke at a conference in Jordan and thought, I'm so close to Egypt, I have to go. And I found a hieroglyph of, you know, this um, God-looking person facing away from the other person, you know, and standing behind him with his hands on him. And I remember taking a picture of that and, you know, putting it on Facebook and saying, massage, question mark. But they actually have found evidence, hieroglyph evidence, um, the pictograph that, they were doing like foot massage and hand massage and back massage back during the Egyptian days. So yeah, it goes it goes way far back. This is nothing that we invented in the last hundred years. So you know, mm. the, the, it's a healing thing. It's that self care. It actually was really incredibly important to the Egyptians just as a whole culture. Mhm, mhm. And to, today been, we know. It. Oh, I was going. I've always been curious about Reiki. Um, it's not mm-hmm. talked about that often, and what it is. I'm not sure people have a full understanding of what it is and what it does. Perfect. Well, I'll tell you because it's one of my favorite things. Um, Reiki is one of my favorite techniques. And Reiki is not really a massage technique, but it tends to go hand in hand with massage, no pun intended. Uh, A lot of medical centers, a lot of cancer centers, a lot of hospitals offer Reiki now. So clearly there's enough evidence backing it up that those types of of organizations are going to bring it in. Uh, But what it is is it's actually energy healing. So it's basically laying on of hands. But rather than the energy coming from the healer, it comes through the healer. So people debate about where this energy comes from and what it is. It's, it's basically chi. It's what we talk about when we talk about acupuncture and, and shiatsu massage and stuff like that. So the energy comes through the healer, out of their hands, and into the person on the table. And it is pretty incredible. I've seen it do some amazing things. Um, studies show that it actually helps bones heal quicker. It can help boost the immune system. It can help on the physical level. But what I found it really good for, Denise, is some of the mm, more spiritual, emotional healing. So I've had people come to me after a great loss, 
I had a woman come to me after she lost a child. I've had people come to me after the breakup of a marriage or a child leaving home. And it really has the ability to balance those systems in the body and heal on all levels. So in that way, even though you're not, you're not using needles, it's really similar to the balancing effect that acupuncture can have. And some people fall asleep and some people laugh and some people find themselves more energized when they leave. But everybody seems to walk out of the room looking like a completely different person. So it's pretty powerful. You can do it on yourself. You can do it on others. There's a lot no of kidding. people who are not... Yeah, sure. I do it on myself all the time. I do it on the cats. Um, I had a fish years ago. I had Reiki on the fish. I didn't take him out and put him <laughs> on the table because that would have been a little contraindicated. But yeah, no, I put my <laughs> hands on to a fish. Well, I put my hands on the tank, and I okay. sent the energy into the water. I mean, it sounds ridiculous, oh, but okay, you know, and, okay, and I get so that. I'm such a. Pro- I've done it on plants. Um, I'm such a practical. Like very down to earth, I have a very sensitive BS meter. Um, it, it takes a lot to put one over on me because I'm skeptical of everything. So when people come to me and say, "Hey, I do this thing," I kind of go, "Yeah, prove it." Um, so the modalities that I do and the things that I talk about, and I think I have a chapter in the book of things that I think are BS. Uh, I remember I put that at the end uh, because. You know, I don't want people to waste their time and money on things. I think it should be the right to waste it if they want to. Um, but there's also a lot of people really searching for an answer, and there are very unscrupulous practitioners that will take advantage of that. So I try to dispel those myths and say, look, this is what this is. So I go about the, from a pretty practical perspective. Uh, I believe in a lot of things that are probably sort of, at, quote, out there, um, but I believe them for a reason because I've had experience with them or they've been proven to me. So, but yeah, Reiki is it's a beautiful technique and everyone does it a little bit differently. So if one practitioner doesn't, doesn't ring your bell, then find a different one. Yeah. Well, that kind of goes for almost anything these days, right? Absolutely. Absolutely. If one doesn't totally. work, you go to somebody else. Mm-hmm. Although it's tough to find really, you know, like the top 10%. <laughs> Yeah. In any given field. Exactly. And now, you know, we have this access, this thing called the Internet, which still blows my mind. And you can find anything to support any belief on the Internet, which in one way is good because it gives people a voice that didn't have a voice before. But the downside is you can find something to support every belief on the Internet. And how do you know what to believe? You know, I've been on some websites that look really, really legitimate. And then you get to the end and it's basically just a spiel to sell their product. And not to say that their their information is bad, but it always makes me second guess it when it's simply to sell their product. You know, yeah. so you know, go to look at multiple sources. Um, you know, sometimes, you know, I look at I I, I happen to end up on a, a chat not a chat room, but like a, a, a message board the other night about something, and you kind of have to take all that with a grain of salt because everybody's biologically individual, and everyone's going to have a completely different response reaction. Uh, healing you know, rea- reaction to these things. So really do your research, and it's the whole mm-hmm. thing. If it sounds too good to be true, it probably is thing. I've had some clients try some really outrageous stuff, and I've I had a couple that I actually had to dismiss because I couldn't I couldn't handle the decisions they were making, and I was starting to take it so personally, which is not my job as a practitioner. Um, that I finally said, you know, you could go that route but I can't advocate what you're doing, so I'm not going to be able to see you anymore. And I don't know how they took that. Uh, you know, it's not up to me how they take it. I just have to live truthfully in what I believe uh, as far as, you know, the healing stuff that I offer. And they just, they were, they were doing things that I went, sure. no, I can't get on board with that. So, sure. Well, you know, I, I've talked to so many practitioners, and most of the time they do what they practice or they 
In other words, if if you go to someone who's really into healing with herbs and vitamins, they've tried every one of them themselves. Yep. <laughs> and absolutely, and, and and you know, and that's why um, the, the the book I wrote before Journey of Healing was Conquer Your Stress, and I think you maybe that was the last show I was on with you. Um, and we, you know, I list like sixty five different modalities that are great mind, body, and stress relieving techniques. And I'm really specific in saying, look, I don't do all of these. <laughs> like, I would never, I wouldn't have any time or money to actually eat if I tried all of those modalities all the time. But there's things I had researched, things that were pretty well proven, and I described them really specifically. And if it was something that I had tried. I mentioned that. I'm like, hey, I did this thing and, and this is what happened. And this is what I really like about Journey of Healing is all the stuff that's in there, this is all experience I've had, including the ridiculous story about how I took way too much horseradish because it's natural, right? It can't hurt me. Yeah, five <laughs> gallons of milk and an ulcer later. Uh, you know, and it, it's oh, funny. I had given, I, there was a, coming back from a talk that I was giving and I had a suitcase full of books and the girl next to me on the plane just looked forward to tears. She didn't bring anything to do. And I said, hey, you know, I've got an extra book if you'd like to read it. And she goes, oh, yeah, okay, that'd be good. And so I hand her Journey of Healing. Now, I didn't tell her I wrote it. I just gave it to her. And she sort of flipped through, and she started reading the section on herbs. And all of a sudden, I see her shoulders moving, and I can tell she's laughing. And I look over, and I said, oh, what are you, you know, what are you, you know, I was curious. I said, oh, what are you laughing at? And she goes, oh, this idiot took five capsules of horseradish. And she, you know, nearly killed herself. And I said, yeah, that was me. And she goes, what? And she flips the book over and sees my picture on it. She goes, oh, I'm so sorry. I just love you. And I said, that's why I put it in there. Because that's I was classic. an idiot. And I want everybody to know I was an idiot because I don't want you to make that same mistake. Just because it's natural doesn't mean it can't hurt you. And it's like people exactly. are like, natural can't hurt me. Yes, it can. You know, so, yeah, she got a kick out of it. So she ended up buying the book. Yeah. That is really funny. Really funny. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Well, you know, you you go you go into an awful lot of different subject matters in your book. Mm-hmm. Which one are you the most passionate about? Oh, geez. Um, you know, the one that actually was a surprising emotional thing for me was I had the whole section on the bullying, um, where I talk about being on the billboard in Times Square and how I was so bullied in grade school and high school. And I never really told anybody that, you know, the rest of the stories, it was like, Oh yeah, Caddy was stranded. And Oh yeah, she had these cool clients. Oh yeah. She had, you know, she did modeling because she had this body image issue. Like I've talked about that before. And it was actually really interesting to put pen to paper and talk about my experience of how humiliating it was and how stressful it was to go to school every day, wondering what was going to be done to you next. Um, And now to look back at that, uh, being a, and so many people have gone through that. You know, that was that was the big thing a couple of years. What grade? Last what grade years. were you? What grade were you oh, in? Pick one. Um, it started in fourth grade. There was one girl oh, in particular gee. who just had it out for me, and then it continued through junior high, and then it continued up through high school to the point where my sophomore year, you know, my mother was starting to be actively dying at that point, and of course, no one knew that. I didn't oh. really know that. So, gee. you know, home wasn't really a safe place. Because I didn't know what I was going to face every day. You know, um, I'd come home and find, is she, is she, has she been taken to the hospital? Is she vomiting? Is she in pain? Is she angry because she's hopped up on morphine? Is she, you know, so when I talk to youth groups, especially at-risk youth, and I say, you know, my home, I wasn't safe at home and I wasn't safe at school, not because I was being beaten by a parent, 
but because I didn't know what I was facing, and it's that that unease, it's that um, not knowing what you're facing, is that that questioning is what's so scary. It's not so much the hitting; it's the am I going to get hit for someone who's in an abusive situation. So I didn't know what I was facing at home, and then I show up to school and not know. Am I going to get paper thrown down the back of my pants? Is someone going to trip me going up the stairs? Are they going to call me names? Or, you know, um, but there was one girl who just one day said, I want to beat you up. I'm like, what? I mean, like, <laughs> just so, imagine my surprise. I'm like, I don't, I don't, I'm Oh, my gosh. Like, Why? Like, yeah, I just want to beat you up. And I went, okay, I don't, I don't really want to do that. So maybe we couldn't. <laughs> and she's like, no, I, I, I want to. And I said, okay, well, I want to go read a book. Why does your need supersede my need? Which clearly was not the right thing to say to her. Uh, (laughs) Oh, my gosh. Just using the word supersede probably put me right in getting beat up status. Uh, And every day I would step off the bus and I would stand there and talk to the the crossing guard guy until she'd get bored enough to leave. And clearly the crossing guard knew what was going on because they would hover Mm -hmm. about. And I was like, how are you today, Mr. Bob? And uh, and one Mm -hmm. day as the bus pulled up, I saw he wasn't there. And I oh, thought, no. oh, no, this is the day this is going to happen. And sure enough, she followed me up the hill and threw my books and pushed me and shoved me. And, um, and I went home in tears and humiliated. I wasn't hurt physically, mm-hmm. um, but it was just the most humiliating thing. And then I had to walk in the door and put on a happy face because my mom was sick. You know, so it was just oh, this weird gosh. thing. And, and I had never really, other than the people who witnessed that, and really, they didn't know what was going on with me at home, so they didn't know. No one knew that story until I wrote it down. And it didn't mm. strike me how hugely emotional that still was for me until the first edit came through on the book, and I had to read it. And I read it and sat there and sobbed. And my husband's like, oh, my God, are you okay? Are you reading about your mom? And I'm like, no, I'm reading about getting beat up. And he's like, what? Because what? he had never heard the story. Um, so it was really interesting. And I think there's so many kids that can relate to that. And, and I'll give mm-hmm. away the ending of the story, which is, I'm kind of glad it all happened because it challenged who I am. And if everybody mm-hmm. just accepted me as I was, I wouldn't know who I was. And so I think people questioning, you know, who are you, who do you think you are, why are you doing that? I think that really made me mature quicker. And I think it really made me who I am. It made me understand who I am and take pride in who I am uh, in mm-hmm. a way that I don't think I would have if that experience hadn't have happened. So for anybody that was bullied or is being bullied or, you know, it, it stops. It doesn't continue. It's not a permanent record. It does not follow you forever. And it makes you a stronger person. So hang in there. And hang in there. It gets better. Yeah, it's a, it's a really great, great message. And you took a real scary negative experience. You grew from it and you became mm-hmm. a really great person, you know, with a lot of personal strength. Yeah. And, and I think that's the choice we make. We can't, what, one of the talks, I yes. do so much speaking about stress. You can choose. This morning. You can choose to it, be exactly, a certain we, way. Exactly. We can't change those external forces. And what does the Buddha say? Pain is inevitable. Suffering is optional. Suffering comes from us dwelling on that, us worrying about it, us thinking about it, us projecting into the future. And so I couldn't stop them from picking on me. I couldn't stop them from saying what they did or calling me whatever they did. But what I could change mm-hmm. was my response to it. Mm-hmm. And I didn't know mm-hmm. that at the time. Now I know, man, I wish, you know, the hindsight 2020, if I knew then what I know now, thing. Um, but yeah, it's, it's, it shapes all of every experience we have shapes us, which is why I called the book journey of healing, which is why I wrote it because I want people to know no matter what your story is, no matter what your journey is, you choose what, what camera angle you look at with that, you know? So mm-hmm. if nothing else, you can change, nothing else. You can change your mind. 
Yeah. Jeez. What would you have done different knowing what you know now? I'm just kind of curious. I would have. When that was happening to you. Uh (laughs) (laughs) Aha. No, I mean, I really, I was so, I was such a strong kid. My dad taught me how to fight. I probably could have taken her out with one punch. But Mm -hmm. I had so in my mind of, I don't want to fight. There's no need to fight. Fighting stupid, which it all is. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think had I just clocked her, it never would have happened again. And I mm-hmm. wouldn't have lived in such fear of, is this going to happen again? Because that would have been the punctuation. Now, would that have been right to hit her? I don't, I don't know. I mean, she did kind of jump me. She was a, she was a big girl. She outweighed me by probably 100 pounds. Uh, but I think I would have stood up for myself more rather than living in such fear. And I did have this. I was, I'm a very literal person. So when the guidance counselor says, hey, we're putting that in your permanent record, what I think is, oh, my God, the rest of my life, they're going to have this permanent, like, I'm going to have to take it with me to job interviews, and they're going to see I got a C in chemistry. And, you know, I took all of that very literally. Um, Mm -hmm. And I wish I, I mean, that's just my person. I still take things very literally. You tell me noon, I'm going to show up at noon because that's what you told me you were going to do. But I think I would have relaxed so much more. I was such an uptight kid, uh, and I think that led me to accomplishing a lot, but I was always this driven, and I think I missed out on a lot of play, which is why I do trapeze now, and I dance five days a week, and I do all these incredibly adventurous things because I miss play. I, I feel uh, like I missed my childhood. I feel like, kind of like Sheldon mm-hmm. Cooper, you know, I sort of like shot out mm-hmm. of the womb and became an adult, um, and so I, so I like to welcome play back in. I wish I would have played more. <laughs> well, you're doing it now. It's never too late. It's never too late to play. It really, it, it really isn't. It really isn't. Because we, we live in the now. What's happening yeah. to us right now. Not what was, what went on yesterday or what might happen tomorrow. Right. Yep. Because this moment's all we have. And I'm actually I'm mm-hmm. so excited. I'm, I'm speaking at the... Um, the National Speakers Association, which I was just privileged enough to join, is having their big national winter conference next week in Baltimore. And I was, I'm speaking, and what I'm talking about is the future of the future, which is just the now. I mean, we can't escape the now. Even when the future arrives, well, there's the next future because we're back in the now. So we've got mm-hmm. to just take this moment and consciously create what we want, but understand that we can't. You know, we're here. This is, this is what we have. <laughs> so let's make yeah. decisions that are, that are the healthiest for us in this moment. Yeah, it's, it's, it mm-hmm. sounds so simple. It's not easy, but it's simple. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's really true. Now, on, a, on another subject, which I get a really big kick out of, you talk about bio dots. I have bio dots. I love bio dots. <laughs> I have them. Bio do- <laughs> I have a really – I love bio dots. Um, in fact, it's funny, I just, because in that section of the book, it says, you know, if you leave me a review on Amazon, I'll send you a, a little pack of BioDots. And very mm-hmm. few people have taken me up on that. I've had tons of reviews on Amazon, but no one has emailed me and said, give me my darn BioDots. I got an email <laughs> today. I got, like, you take something free. Why would I, why would you not take something free? I always take something free. Uh, I actually got an email from a woman this morning. It, well, that, well, but they do after they read that chapter. Um, I, I, uh. I got an email from a woman this morning saying, I've been loving your book. I'm going to use some of your stuff in a class that I'm teaching. Can I have my free bio dots? I just left you a review. (laughs) (laughs) You finally did. Well, you thought it, and it happened. Exactly, exactly. So bio dots are little. 
Yeah, exactly. We, I believe we can. Uh, but for those of you at home that don't know what a bio dot is, it looks like a little bendy. It looks like what you're going to put on your forehead um, for mm-hmm. some sort of Hindu ritual or something. And it's, it's like a mood ring. It measures body temperature. And they found that when we're stressed, our hands and ears get a little bit cooler. And when we relax, our hands and ears get a little bit warmer. And so you put this bio dot on between the thumb and the forefinger, thumb and pointer finger, your non-dominant hand. And the more vibrant blue purple it gets, the more, well, warm your hand is. But the more relaxed you are, and if it goes black, it means you're either freezing, <laughs> as is common in a lot of conversations, <laughs> or you're stressed. Um, you're having some negative experience. And, and I've actually seen them work. Um, when I learned about bio dots, I was studying at Harvard, and they gave us the bio dots, and they're like, look, your dot is not broken. Please do not come up to me and tell me, tell me it's broken. It's, if it's black, it's because you're stressed. Well, we were all freezing, so that's what the point was. But at lunch, it was so funny because we're all standing out in the quad at Harvard with our hand up in the air in the sun, like trying to get the sun to warm our dot so it wasn't like, black anymore. <laughs> um, I, I finally got mine to go to this beautiful blue. It was this, that sort of sea blue, purple color that is so nice. I'd done a dance class, and I was so relaxed. And I got on the phone with my husband, and he was concerned about the cat. That the cat was sick, and I said, "Honey, you know, I'm three hours away. I can't do anything about the cat. Call the vet. I can't help you." And just him being on the phone, anxious about the cat, my mm-hmm. dog started to go black. And so I'm, I wasn't upset. We weren't fighting, but I could see the stress of him being stressed from three thousand miles away was freaking out my dog. So I finally, yeah. at one point, said, "Look, honey, I have to go. My dog is turning black." <laughs> and he's like. <laughs> okay, I said, because I yeah. was doing great. My dot was blue. Now you're showing my dot black, so I'm going to have to go off the phone. Confusing <laughs> that guy. <clears throat> and so I got off the phone, and I did just a couple minutes of meditation, and my mm-hmm. dot went purple again. So I actually got to tell that story for the whole group the next day at Harvard. 150 physicians got to hear that story. But it was it was just remarkable because that you, you'd think we know when we're stressed. Well, I wouldn't, you know, if I got off that call and somebody said, did that stress you out, I would have said no. But apparently it did. So it's yeah. interesting how sensitive we are to things like that. And if you look at, you know, Dr. Emoto's um, water studies with the, the water crystals and the talking to the water and then photographing them as they're frozen, you know, the positive oh, thing is love, love yeah. and gratitude, love and appreciation, I love you, forms these amazing, mm. beautiful crystals and hateful things and loud, raucous music. It, it messes with those water crystals. And we're 80% water. How much is that affecting yeah. us? You know, so it was, well, the vibrations, it was too. Absolutely, right? absolutely. It was an interesting little experiment. So it was, yeah, I love biodots. It's so funny that you have those. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, I do. <laughs> you want to know what color mine is right now? <laughs> oh, what color Just is it? teasing. Just teasing. <laughs> Oh gosh! I have so I have so many I have so many clients and friends that have done my workshops and so they know what the bio dots are. And there was one mm-hmm. day a couple, just probably a couple months back, I was having a really stressful day, and I simply wrote on Facebook, "My dot is black with a frowny face." And half my half my friends are like, "What the hell are you talking about?" And the other half yeah. is like, "Oh no, are you okay?" So there was this weird division of my friends of half knew what I meant and the other half were really confused as to what I was talking about. <laughs> it's a great tool. It's such a great tool. Yeah, it is. It's fun. They're fun. Really fun. Now, hypnosis, you talk mm-hmm. about it, it's kind of like relatively new for you. It is. That's that's one of the things I've I never done recently. It. I 
I've never oh. done it. So, oh, you need to share share this with us. This is really oh. going to be fun. It is. <clears throat> it is really one of my favorite things. Of course, everything I do is my favorite thing. So this is my favorite thing right now <laughs> until I find the next favorite thing. But no, it really is. I it it affects such change permanent change so quickly. I really wish I would have studied it earlier. I've been playing with hypnosis since I was in high school, um, mm-hmm. doing creative visualization and past life stuff. And, you know, like, I've always been playing with it, but now I'm actually using it for clinical reasons. Um, I've helped people with pain, with headaches, with fears, fear of flying, fear of driving. Uh, it's really a phenomenal technique. And there's so many misconceptions about it because we see movies like, um, you know, Get Out, and everybody thinks, oh, am I going to drop into the floor and not remember anything? No, 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 no. It will help you stop smoking, but it will not make you oblivious to what's happening around you. Uh, it doesn't have that power. There are some people uh, that we call somnambulists, meaning they're really suggestible. They go very, very deep, very, very quickly. Those are the people we want to pick when we do the Wacky Stage Show because they don't <laughs> take much to, you know, they're going to quack like uh-huh. that really quickly. Um, you are not going to do anything in hypnosis that you wouldn't normally do. So if you get called up on stage, you're not going to embarrass yourself unless you want to. I mean, it's really, mm. <clears throat> excuse me, it's really about just letting go and allowing that play to happen when you're in that situation. Um, but in my office, we normally do about 40, 30 to 40 minutes of talking to figure mm-hmm. out really what the root of the issue is, really what we want to focus on, really what we want to work on. During that time, I'm just figuring out how I want to re- how I want to do the. Uh, how I want to get you into the state of hypnosis, and then what mm-hmm. we're going to do once you're there. And it can be as simple as upping your feeling of self-worth and value. It could be radiating positive, positive emotions, or it could be as deep as let's stop smoking, let's lose weight, let's deal with um, you know, one of those fears or anxieties or pain pre mm-hmm. and post-op. I do a lot of stuff with pre and post-op. It goes well with oh, the stuff that I do. Um, so, yeah, it's really it's a beautiful technique. I've helped people through grief. I've had a couple clients who had lost a parent and were mm-hmm. really having trouble letting it go to the point where one was waking up in the middle of the night and reciting the names of all the ke- all the chemo drugs. Like she couldn't get oh. them out of her head. That was becoming her. It was, she was torturing oh, herself. That's tough. Um, and that's tough. So I blocked her those. So it got to the point where I allowed her to keep them if she needed them for a medical reason. Like if she had to ask the doctor about them, she knew them. But other mm-hmm. than that, I blocked those from her so she couldn't remember the names. She stopped repeating them, um, and we replaced that thought with something else, uh, positive, so that mm-hmm. she wasn't, um, you know, she wasn't focusing on that repetitive negative thing. It was, it was a scary time for her, and I, I was really glad I to be there to help her through it. You know? Interesting, because I've always thought of hypnosis as almost like past life regression or something. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <You know? laughs> sure. Well, and it is. You know, it, it is. It's the same thing with creative visualization and. And guided imagery, I mean, that's basically hypnosis. You can't really have hypnosis without imagery. Uh, because if I say, you know, picture yourself walking down 20 steps, well, you're visualizing. And even mm-hmm. for people who can't, people who actually have a clinical thing that they can't visualize, I had a client who couldn't visualize. So right now, if I tell you all to close your eyes and picture a dog, if you're driving, please don't do that. But, I mean, you could probably all <laughs> picture a dog. And if I say, okay, now make the dog purple, it's silly, but you guys can probably make the dog purple. You know, you can create those images and actually see them in your mind. Some people can't see them. They can conceptualize mm-hmm. it, though. And that's proven by if I say, go to the grocery store and get me a lemon, they don't have to look it up on the phone. What's a lemon look like? 
they know what it is. So they conceptualize it, even though they can't see the picture in their brain. So um, it was interesting. I was really kind of nervous about hypnotizing the woman who couldn't see, but she did great. We, um, we helped her claustrophobia and her fear of flying. It was pretty spectacular. But, yeah, past life regression is part of it. I do past life regression. Yeah, it's fun. Oh, that would really be interesting. Mm-hmm. I actually kind of like doing that. I told somebody, I said, I like doing that sometimes more than the clinical. Not that the past mm-hmm. life regression can't be clinical, um, because there's no right or wrong answer. True. You know, if if somebody wants to quit smoking and they walk out of my office after three sessions and they're still smoking, I failed at that. <laughs> mm-hmm. If I take mm-hmm. someone back to a past life and they come up with this amazing story that helps them heal in a way, well, that's a, that's a win, even if it's mm-hmm. quote, not true. You know, um, and I've had people say, well, I don't believe in past lives. And I'm like, okay, well, that doesn't matter. If you have to make up that you were a princess in a <laughs> yeah. previous land and that your current husband is the king who had you beheaded because you wouldn't marry the guy that she, he wanted you to and that's your sister now, I don't care what story you have to make up. If you walk out of my office feeling better, you could be the uh-huh. queen of England, you could be on the Titanic, yeah, I don't cares? really care. Who cares? You're re- regurgitating care. some movie that you saw. <laughs> Exactly. Right, exactly. Yeah, oh, I'm I a Greek lightning and there's Danny and Sandy. Great, whatever you need to what great tap, whatever. Whatever you need to make up. <laughs> just get better. I don't care what what you look like when you do it. Just yeah. So it's fun. It's really an adventure. And I do um I do uh it's called Mythic and Archetypal Journeys. It's one of my favorite mm-hmm. things too. I do a three hour session where I take the person through five or six guided imagery sessions through mm-hmm. these amazing kingdoms, these amazing lands. It's almost sort of like a video oh, game. Oh, how fun. Um, and, and you meet these creatures and witches and dragons and swords and, you know, all these archetypal things that, that have meant something to both societies throughout time, you know, going back to the Egyptians. Um, so it's, it's kind of fun. It really helps people figure out what the next step is for them. It helps clarify a lot. So there's so many powerful things you can do with that. It's, it's really about just tapping into the subconscious and asking, asking yourself what you want we have those walls up. It's it's amazing. Exactly. It's an amazing tool. Exactly. Yeah. Oh, you should try it. You'd love it. I probably really would. <laughs> now, your practice is where? I'm in Santa Barbara, California. Okay. I just wanted the listeners to know. And how can they reach exactly. you if they want to through yeah, your website? The- yeah, the best thing, so I've got, I've got a couple of different websites. So thealternativemedicinecabinet.com is sort of my general, oh, I've got links to a bunch of free resources and, and past interviews. I'll make sure I put this one up there. And all my books are there. And then there's also kathygroover.com, which is really more about my speaking. My TEDx talk is there, a bunch of different talks. And my books are still available there as well. You can reach me through either of those. And, you know, I'm on Facebook and LinkedIn and Twitter and Instagram and all over YouTube with not only health videos but also trapeze videos. Uh, so you can uh, see me there too. And however I can help. You know, the good thing about the hypnosis is I can actually do that over Skype, uh, Skype or um, those types of, of internet oh, web great. things. So uh, I can do that from a distance for you. The massage, well, you kind of have to show up here. Do you <laughs> sleep? Satisfying. Do you Bam, sleep? Eight, hours, eight, eight to nine hours a night. No kidding. Yeah. Oh my gosh. I, I was just trying to figure out how you, more... how you do everything every day, you know, how you get it all in. <clears throat> I don't know. <laughs> I yeah, I to be honest, hours... <laughs> I like that. I, I, I think I get more hours in the day than everybody else. I don't know. I work, I, for some reason, I'm very efficient, and I just, because I have such a passion for it, 
I get it all done. You know, it's not like, oh, I got to go to work. I love what I do. I mean, I already did. I was up at 5 o'clock this morning. I did a keynote in Los Angeles. I drove home. I saw a client. I had a business oh meeting. Gosh. I'm now on the view. Oh. I've got oh um, uh, an event tonight and a, and a dance class and dinner with my husband. And Oh, yeah, I got, it's a full day. <laughs> oh, well, thank you so much for coming on and sharing your latest book. Um, it's a wonderful book, it really is, and it it really oh, does give so us an in, it really does give us an inside look on on who you are, where you came from, and where you're going. <laughs> yeah, and it's and it's where everybody's going. I mean, it's it you know everybody yeah. has a journey. And this just happens yeah. to be mine. And if it inspires you to keep walking on yours or to take a different path or to look at a different option, then I did my job. So I appreciate you, you having did. me on. I'm, I'm really proud you of the did. book. It really is so much little personal nuggets of my life that, like I said, we're a little scared to share in some, in some <laughs> cases. So, yeah. so if, hey, if you guys laugh and you cry and you make a change in your life, then I did my job. Well, thank you, Dr. Kathy Groover. And her book is The Journey of Healing. It's been a delight. Take care. Thanks for having me. Thank you, too. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. All right, listeners, that wraps up our show for today. Please join us again next Wednesday, same time, same place, 4 p.m. Till then, be well. Bye-bye. We celebrate our listeners worldwide and invite you to contact Denise at www.health MediaNow.com with any questions you may have and follow her on Twitter at Health Media Now and Facebook at Health Media Now. For those interested in an advertising campaign on her show, contact Lisa at KnowledgeWorksPub.com. Be sure to visit GotCancerNowWhat.com for information on Denise Messenger's award-winning book, Got Cancer? Now What?